Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 23. That's where we are in our journey through the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 23. Here's the key concept today. God honoring friends will help you through life. We're talking about friendships. We need God-honoring friends. Now, back in 1972, the Grammy Award for Best R&B Song went to Bill Withers. You know what song it was for? Lean on Me. Absolutely right. Lean on Me. Some of you remember that song. Well, in 2020, during COVID, a number of modern-day musicians did a remake and posted it online so that that others could find the encouragement that that song song brings in the difficulty of the pandemic. I'm going to show you just a piece of that remake. Let's watch that together. you're wondering. You're wondering, does Pastor Mark know who those artists are? (laughs) No. (laughs) But it sounded good. And it's a song about friendship. Some of you will be humming that later on in the day, no doubt. But we all need friends that we can lean on from time to time. And, And that's what we see in chapter 23. Let's catch up in the action. Last week, we saw David wonderfully triumph over Goliath with a simple slingshot, and that encouraged the armies of Israel, and they were victorious over the Philistines. And as a result of that victory, King Saul changed David's status. He was no longer the occasional harp player who spent most of his time back with his father's flocks. Now he came to live in Jerusalem. He was given a position of high rank in the army. He struck up a friendship with Jonathan, Saul's son. You see, David has burst onto the scene with this heroic bravery, and Prince Jonathan is impressed. He's the heir to the throne, but he's impressed by David. And so they become friends. And it's a good thing because David is going to lean on that friendship. He's going to need Jonathan. In chapter 18, we read these words, And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing, gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased the people and Saul's officers as well. Things are going pretty good for David, but 
Soon the petty, jealous, prideful spirit of Saul begins to show up. It's his dark side. And he starts to resent David's success. He starts to resent the fact that he's obviously blessed by God. He covets David's popularity. And in chapter 18, verse 9, we read, From that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So much so that Saul begins to plot David's murder. And here is where Jonathan's friendship for him becomes so important. Now, we'll pause for a moment. Because in today's climate of hypersexuality, some have read about Jonathan and David and they've read into the story a homosexual relationship. It's just not there. That's not what the Scripture is describing. Our companion commentary is completely right when it, it heads this section as Jonathan shows David brotherly love. That's what this is. Brotherly love. They're good friends. And through chapters 19 and 20, Saul explodes in a murderous rage against David. He seeks to kill him with a spear. He seeks to trap him in his home and arrest him. At one point, he even hurls a spear at Jonathan simply because Jonathan is defending David. And so by the time we get to chapter 21, David is running for his life on the run. And in chapter 23, we pick up the story. You go to verse 15. Follow along with me as I read. It says, While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. Godly friends are vital. Thank goodness for a friend like Jonathan who made an effort to come and to encourage David. They are great friends. And this passage is important. The reason it's important is because this is the last time these friends will be together. Jonathan who at this point is a famous soldier and mighty in battle, will be killed in battle, and David will become the king. And Jonathan, in his own right, was a well-known leader of men. He had skills and talent and character that would have put him in good stead as a king. However, David, not Jonathan, will be the next king because Saul has turned his back on God, and God has turned his back on Saul. Not only will Saul be removed, but there will be no dynasty uh, established through his line. Jonathan, we see in this passage, is totally aware of that. So you would think that these men would be bitter enemies, you know, com uh, competing for the throne. But instead, they're good friends because they chose to honor God. Jonathan impresses me here. He's free from bitterness and jealousy. He realizes that David was the chosen one of God. He accepts it as a blessing for his friend, but more than that, as a blessing for his country. See, Jonathan shows his patriotism here by understanding that the best thing for the nation will be that God's anointed is on the throne, and that's David. So Jonathan, patriotic, he accepts that, and he befriends David. Saul, on the other hand, did not accept that. He's out to kill David. And Jonathan comes to give David encouragement, but it comes in what I call the three stepping stones of friendship, acceptance, affirmation, and assurance. 
Those aspects, those dynamics need to be in every godly friendship. Acceptance, affirmation, and insurance. It starts with acceptance. We need to know that our friends accept us without a whole lot of strings attached. Because too often what we consider to be or we call friendships are really conditional relationships. We attach conditions, strings. Sure, I'll be your friend if you keep saying the things that I agree with. I'll be your friend if you keep looking good so I'm not embarrassed when I'm with you in public. I'll be your friend if you continue to be successful so that I look good when we're in public together. I'll be your friend as long as you share my politics. Conditions tied to a relationship that ought to be filled with acceptance. The story is told of Pepper Rogers. He's a former uh, football coach of UCLA. He died in 2020. But one season, he was evidently having a terrible time uh, on the field, and people who used to come around weren't coming around anymore, seemed like his friendships were drying up. And he says, you know, it got so bad that my dog was my only friend. And I went to my wife and I said, every man needs two friends. So she bought me another dog. You know, there are times when we feel alone, sometimes when that separation comes because of things that we have done. We're not perfect. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't have said. We do things that we shouldn't have done, these kinds of things. And there's a separation that happens. But I like what this one man has written. He says, a true friend is one who, when you have made a fool of, our, uh, of yourself, does not think that you've done a permanent job. We'll get back, we'll get out of this. This is just a phase, that kind of thing. Jonathan brought David the blessing of acceptance. When David was at a low point, Jonathan was able to come and encourage him. And notice with me, Jonathan went to David. He didn't say, well, I guess if he needs me, he'll call. Or if there's a real big problem, I'll hear about it some way. Now, there are times in our friendship relationships that it takes initiating the contact, making the, the, the outreach to the person. I remember once a while ago, there was a friendship in my own life that was kind of drying up. It, nothing had happened, but it's just we were orbiting in different circles. We didn't see one another very regularly, and uh, there's lack of contact there. And, and I was praying in, in my morning, I was praying, and I just said, Lord, bring this guy back my way so we can spend some time and catch up. And, and, and it wasn't an audible voice. God didn't boom from the heavens, but it was clearly a message. When I prayed that prayer, God said, why don't you give him a call yourself? <laughs> right? Okay, I guess I could do that. Part of acceptance is reaching out, taking the initiative. I say that because maybe there's a relationship in your life that's withering on the vine simply because nobody's taking the initiative. Part of acceptance is the initiative to reach out. And it takes a little extra effort. One of the things that's great about being in a church family is that here there is the, the fertile field for relationships. The friendships are established here as we, as we participate together in that Bible study class, in that, in that home group. The friendship is established as we serve side by side in the Go Project. But I want you to understand that friendships will not mature inside a church program. You can initiate friendships. You can begin a relationship and get to know one another and kind of hit it off, that kind of thing. But, but friendships only mature as you take an extra effort. 
extend hospitality, do fun activities, build memories together. That's how friendships mature. And when friendships are maturing like that, it builds trust because David trusted Jonathan. Remember, David was a fugitive. David is on the run. He's in hiding. But Jonathan knew where to find him. David must have told Jonathan where he was. See, Jonathan is reaching out. That's his part of acceptance. And David's part of acceptance is receiving. And receiving makes you vulnerable. You pay the sacrifice of vulnerability in friendship as well. David must have told Jonathan, this is where I'll be, and hoping that he comes. And indeed he does, and he receives the care from Jonathan. It's vulnerable. The opposite of that is described in the song that was written in 1968 by Paul Simon. I've built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter. It's loving I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. No, you're not. That perfectly portrays that decision not to be vulnerable, and that will cut off friendships and relationships. It is both initiating and it is receiving. That's acceptance. But Jonathan also brought uh, David the second stone, the stepping stone of friendship, affirmation. Verse 17, my father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. So at the beginning of the verse, don't be afraid. Friendships are the kind of relationships that enable us to feel significant. Well, there's a sense of purpose and a sense of, uh, a sense of uh, improvement going on here. See, a good friendship improves you. And a lot of what we call friendships don't do that. They don't establish our, our worth. I think of the drinking buddy syndrome where the point of contact is a bar stool or those standing around in a circle sharing a joint. They call it friendships, but all they're doing is dragging each other down and missing the opportunity to progress in life. Or those who have, they call it a friendship, but the only point of contact is getting together to gossip about other people and to drag other people down. The examples could go on, but the whole point is when Jonathan showed up to David, it says he helped him find strength in God. He affirmed him. The Lord has chosen you. Don't worry. He delivered that affirming message to, to David, and that renews our courage to be ourself. Affirmation is not just a break in the pressures of life. It is help in the pressures of life. One little girl said to her friend, I like me best when I'm with you. That's affirmation. Godly friendships learn to delight in one another's joys, to celebrate one another's victories, and also to hang in there when there are hard times. All that is affirmation. And then, assurance. You will be king over Israel. Jonathan brings David hope for victory. And real friendships bring hope for the future. Everybody needs hope. And I think God's delivery system for hope are friends who come to be with us, to help us, to encourage us, to laugh with us, to have fun with us. Friendships light the way for the future. It opens the doors of our possibilities that God is providing Jonathan was that for David. We can be that for each other. Every once in a while, we run into a psalm in the Bible that tells us the situation that the writer was in when he wrote the psalm. 
just so happens that this situation gave birth to a psalm. In Psalm 54, it says this, For the director of music with stringed instruments, a masculine of David, when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? And David says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. In verse 19 of our passage, it says, The Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds of Horesh? And that happened just after this meeting between Jonathan and David. Vindicate me, David prays. It means exonerate, confirm, substantiate. In other words, David is in that psalm praying, God, substantiate before my eyes the words that Jonathan just told me. Make it true. What Jonathan just said, that I will be king, vindicate me. And Jonathan's words were part of that happening in David's life. Acceptance, affirmation, and assurance. These are the three big things about friendship that we all need. Jerry and Mary White wrote a book called Friends and Friendship. And they wrote down the things that people said trying to define what a friend is. Here's one. One who understands you well and loves you anyway. Another one, one who I can share my heart with. Someone who, in whom I have unlimited trust. Someone who knows me intimately and is committed to my best. That sounds good. I found another one. Someone who, when you are saying something stupid, tells you it's stupid but keeps listening. <laughs> we need that. Every one of these descriptions describes a human relationship. But as wonderful as that is, that's not all you need. Because there are some things that a human friendship can't do for you. A human friendship can't bridge the gap between God and man. A human friendship can't give the, the answers to the ultimate questions of life. A human friendship can't do perfectly what they wish to do. Why? No one's perfect. Friendships on earth is not all that we need. In fact, our human friendships are dim reflections of the greatest relationship we're meant to have. That is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The most fundamental relationship of all. And we come to Him and we know that He is on our side and our friend, the forgiver of our sins and the promise giver for eternal life. And that happens when two things happen in our life. One, a realization, and two, an action. The realization is, I am separated from God because of my sin, but Jesus' sacrifice on the cross paid the guilt of that sin. That's the realization. And I can be forgiven by trusting in Christ. And the action is to call upon Him and reach out, become vulnerable to Him, and ask for the forgiveness that He offers. A realization and an action. And the greatest friendship of all can happen in our lives. Jesus called this experience something so radical that it's like being born again, starting completely over. Now, in a relationship of acceptance by His grace, of affirmation by His love and assurance by His power. You see, once you say yes to Jesus Christ and His forgiving power in your life, he is with you forever. He'll never go away. That's the assurance that you can have. You are His. You know, what? you know why I know that for sure? Because your salvation is a work that God does in your life. And you cannot undo something that God does. 
and you are held in the palm of His hand. Sometimes, even for believers, that assurance leaks. We see our failures, we see our struggle, and emotionally we wonder, well, I wonder if it's still there. I wonder if I did it right. I wonder if it's still true. Maybe that's you, even as a follower of Jesus Christ. If that is, I encourage you today after this service to slip over to the prayer table with the prayer counselors and they will pray a prayer of assurance over you because you can be assured of your place in friendship with Jesus. But maybe you say, you know, I'm not sure I ever really did that. I'm not sure I had that realization and took that action. They would love to guide you in that as well. As others are leaving, you slip forward to pray with them. Because as important as it is to have human friendship, it is eternally important to be in a relationship with Jesus. But for all of us, this week we will interact with our friends and make sure that in that interaction there is acceptance, affirmation, and assurance. When there is, we are the blessing that we are meant to be. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You for this example of Jonathan and David. We thank You, Lord, that You bring people into our lives who can make us better at being ourselves. So help us to rejoice in that. Help us not to let that languish. And Lord, we pray that we would be the good and godly friends we're meant to be and that that's an example of Jesus working in us. Thank You in advance for all of that. In Your name we pray. Amen.